Hey, what is going on guys? DK, back at you with another video here to write in the six game NBA main site on Thursday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I made daily videos as well as live stream for NBA and NFL sites on DraftKings. If you guys are interested in Thursday night football, we have Patriots and Falcons. I have a video up breaking down that showdown slate. Um, if you guys are unable to watch these YouTube videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. I have a link down below. It's called the DK DFS Show. And if you're interested in signing up for premium content, offer a few different packages on patreon.com. More info down below. The sponsor of the video is PrizePix. PrizePix is a player prop site where um, you can take over under on fancy points or over under for football, over under passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, on NBA, you know, over under and straight up points, assists, rebounds. You can also mix and match sports. They have college football, they have college basketball, they have PGA, they have esports. So if you guys want to try out prize picks, make sure to sign up, use my code DKDFS. It is DKDFS. It's all one word. You'll get a 100% match up to $100. And finally, I want to thank you guys again for all of your support. Um, as you guys continue to come in and you know support the videos, the live streams, we've had a lot of viewers the last couple days. Um, easiest way to support me is just to hit the like button, uh, subscribe if you haven't already, and hit that notification bell so you, you do want to know when I upload videos and go live. I'll be doing YouTube live stream tomorrow, Q&A style, so make sure to check that one out, guys. And let's try to aim for 150 likes on this video. Okay, so before we get players and their prices, let's take a look back my up here from tonight. So tonight, uh, fell a little bit short in GPPs, thanks to Tyler Hero. Um, yeah, Hero, uh, Jalen Green here, Butler, Robinson Earl, Dedman, Brunson, Porzingis, and Christian Wood. And uh, Christian Wood playing, what, like 28 minutes? That was that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. He played way – we finally got a competitive game, but he played way less than normal. He was playing 37 minutes in competitive games. And how many minutes did he play tonight? Uh, he played 29, so he lost eight minutes. Um, so if he just played his normal minutes, he would have been, you know, solid option. I really liked him. I really liked Aiton. I ended up going with Wood. Obviously, he was a letdown, and you know, playing eight less minutes than usual is uh, is not ideal. Um, and I originally did have uh, Caruso Goat, who went absolutely off. He was someone I was pretty high on for value, um, but I pivoted once we got news that Jalen Green is starting the point guard. Jalen Green did good, but Caruso did way better. Now I did almost take down the late slate, so I made some money back with that with Caruso Goat, almost a fifty bomb from him. Um, but yeah, so like my lineup, uh, again, for, like, again, like you guys know, I play single entry tournaments. So I, I, I do play a decent amount of the chalk and then get it from a couple spots. So the way I got different here was a low on Jalen Green and a low on James Robinson Earl. Um, he was 2%. Once we got news he was starting, I went there 26 fancy points. I originally had met two in Caruso here, but again, switched. Caruso was that low on guy that I, that I had in this lineup. Um, but a lot of other chalk, you know, Hero was a chalk bust, but like, it wasn't like he was a bad play. He was just couldn't hit the broad side of the ball in the first half. He had a pretty big second half to make up for it, but I think he had five fancy points in the first half. So, you know, an average first half from Hero, he probably goes for 45-50. So just a little bit unfortunate, you know, that that happened, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, Jimmy was, oh, again, I was pretty high in the heat. He was 37% on. He went off. Uh, Deadman was a little bit of a letdown. Expected more for the amount of minutes he got. So, um yeah, he was a little bit of a letdown, to be honest. And then, yeah, Porzingis and Brunson are both great. No surprise there. Without Luka, the game's are competitive. They both smashed. Uh, and, yeah, that's it for a look back at my lineup. So going over the winning lineup, this is in the Thunderdome. Again, this is a $5,300 entry. We'll take a look at a couple tournaments here because uh, I do want to make a couple points. But ownership really, really condensed. Hero, 75%. Not, not a big surprise. Town Horton Tucker, 62%. That was one chalk play I faded in tournaments. It did not go well for me at all. Um, now, I like Town Horton Tucker. I included my player pool. He was like a very safe play, but I thought he was going to be a little bit overowned. He was in large field tournaments. He was 50 plus percent owned. Um, the reason I say that was he had a really big game last game, but 
He didn't do much in the first three quarters and then really smashed in the fourth quarter when the game was a blowout and AD got ejected. Um, so I just felt like he was going to be a little bit overowned, but he had the absolute ceiling game. So again, that did not work out at all for me. But, you know, again, I don't, I, I take some risks or I don't play all the chalks. I faded THT, but that didn't work out. Uh, Deadman, 75% owned, no surprise. Porzingis, really chalky, no surprise. Brunson, 100%, makes sense. Woods, 75% owned. A lot of sh- sharp players on him, and he just randomly just plays eight less minutes. That's very, very uh, tilting for sure. Jimmy, 50%. So that was the winning lineup. Um, was there any other ownership I wanted to go over? Hardaway got some ownership. Obviously, he got a boost without uh, Luca. Levine got a little bit of ownership. Um, but yeah, that was it for uh, the Thunderdome. So this is the winning lineup in the Hall of Famer. Now, it was split five different ways. And you see this a lot um, with... Uh, you know, lineup trains and them just playing the optimal lineup and then splitting. So it's, you know, it worked out for these players. Uh, this is in the Hall of Famer. This is a 20-person entry, I believe. 20-person entry, $2,000 entry. Um, but in the long run, if they are just playing this in tournaments, you know, just playing the optimal lineup, and this is this is probably the optimal, right? Because you had uh, both my, or all three Miami guys with Hero, Deadman, Butler. You had both uh, the Mavs guys. You had a cheap uh, THT, a very cheap uh, Mills, and a player that looked very underpriced in Christian Wood. So this is, you know, probably the optimum lineup. Uh, but playing this long term and just tournaments, just tournaments, it's a minus EV move because a lot of people are going to have this lineup, and you have no first place equity. Like they split split it five different ways, and in large field tournaments, it's going to be way more if you do hit like that big, uh, the big one. So, uh, but what what a lot of these players do is this is just their cash lineup and the enter in tournaments. So like. You know, it's really just the optimal lineup. But if, again, my point is if you're just playing the optimal lineup in tournaments only, then that's a minus EV move in the long run. And then um, I know some people have been asking like, oh, well, why do you only look at the Thunderdome? Like, uh, what about like smaller field tournaments and stuff like that? And it's, it's because like a majority of people that, you know, watch these videos are only single entry tournaments or three max. Uh, but if you are playing 150, then this is what I would recommend going over to Fantasy Labs contest dashboard. You can go to NBA and you can go to the slate uh, recap and look back and you can see, you know, what 150 maxers are playing as far as exposures go. So like one player, this was uh, the slate last night. I was taking a look at Osimo and taking a look at his exposures. You can see what the field played versus the exposure. Um, so he was high in blood. So he was pretty high in Nick Batum as as I was once we got news that Terrence Mann was out. Unfortunately, again, he played like 12 minutes. So that was no fun. Um, you can see he was, if you scroll down a little bit, he was very underweight in Kevin Durant. The field was 60%. He was 18%. Um, he was very underweight in Paul George, 18%. The field was about 40%. So yeah, you can just go through this. You can go through 150 maxers and check out their exposures. And if that's the type of player you are, then you should be doing this. But again, I'm more of a single entry player. So I look more at the higher stakes single entry stuff. Uh, but again, if you're 150 maxer, um, and I still look at this too, because I just, you know, it's fun to look back. I'm a nerd. I, I like looking back and, and seeing what other players played at 150 and seeing what their exposures, see kind of what stands they uh, they took. Um, but yeah, I would recommend if, you, if you're playing if MME, look back and, and check out, you know, what, who are players you really respect and then go take a look at, at their exposures, right? So all right, that's it for my uh, little class in, in session. Um, all right, let's talk uh, about this slate. Um, okay, so we have, let's see, six games, three out, or three of the six are out right now for, for Vegas total. So Clippers and Grizzlies at 221 over under. Clippers, one-point favorite. Spurs and T-Wolves at 222.5 over under. T-Wolves, two-point favorites. And 76ers Nuggets, it's... 
The Nuggets are eight-point favorites right now. We're waiting on an over-under there. So we'll start with Golden State and Cleveland. And pretty big news, we're waiting on a Steph Curry. Like, really, really big. Um, if Steph Curry plays at 11-8, he's in play for tournaments. Not really a cash game play at this price point. But we know the upside is still there for him. Um, Draymond Green at 6-7. If the game is competitive, I think he plays low 30s minutes. A guy that has uh, triple-double upside. I think he's a fine option. Doesn't really stand out. Wiggins has played well of late. He got some foul trouble last game. Um, again, kind of just a filler play for me. Now, Jordan Poole at 6K, uh, it kind of depending on Steph Curry. If, if Steph Curry plays, he doesn't really stand out. If Steph Curry misses, that's when Jordan Poole would look really, really good. And then, like, I wonder who Steve Kerr would start for Steph Curry. Would he move Gary Payton in the starting lineup? Would he move Damian Lee in the starting lineup? My guess is it probably would be Lee starting and then Jordan Poole playing the point. But, again, that will be something we'll, we'll monitor. Good thing this is an early game and we will get that news. It's going down the list. Yeah, again, guys like Peyton and, and Lee don't really stand out. But if, if Steph Curry misses, that's when those guys would look really, really good. And there's not much else here for me. Looney at 3-6, probably plays 15 to 20 minutes. He's playable on a smaller slate, but yeah. Porter will be productive, but right now he's not getting enough minutes. Again, Bielitsa, the minutes are trending down in him too. So, uh, oh, uh, Igwood. Oh, actually, I missed this. So, did this? Okay, I must have just missed this. Iguodala out. Um, that does change some things. Okay. So, with Iguodala out, um, that actually does make me like Otto Porter a little bit more. Because I think he does get uh, some extra runs. So, like Otto, Damian Lee maybe gets some extra run. Maybe a little bit of Bielitsa too. So, actually, those guys look a little bit better. Sorry about that, guys. I, I completely missed that one. Um, so, yeah, those guys do look look a little bit better, right? Iguodala is playing 20, 25 minutes, so those minutes have to go somewhere. But knowing Steve Kerr, what he'll probably do is just run like a 15-man rotation instead of a 13-man rotation, right? He's literally been playing like 12, 13 guys every single slate. So, um, betting super, like Kaminga probably gets uh, a couple extra minutes here. He's actually been relatively productive. Um, but, yeah, the rotation is just such a headache there for Golden State. Moving on to Cleveland. So, big piece of news to keep an eye on, Jared Allen. Um, did not play tonight. I don't think he'll play uh, tomorrow. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Markinen, I also don't believe will be available either. So they're once again going to be pretty, pretty thin. The two guards probably look the best in Rubio and Garland. Both should play 35 plus minutes. Uh, these are the two that are going to keep the Cavs in it if they do. So those two look solid. Um, Kevin Love, how many minutes did he play tonight? I know they, they limited his minutes. It is a back to back, too. So there's a chance maybe like they rest Kevin Love. Uh, but let me see. So Kevin Love came off the bench. He played 21 minutes. Yeah, so it's like need need to see more minutes out of him. You saw 24 from Matt Davis who started, uh, 39 from Okoro, 38 from Dean Wade. Only 19 from Osmond who was productive but only played 19 minutes. If you played Chetty Osmond tonight, you got unlucky. He was playing close to 30 minutes before. And then, you know, he's playing well on the offensive end. They cut him down 19 minutes. Like he was on pace for a pretty big game. So that's just one. Again, you got a little bit unlucky if you didn't go to Chetty. But yeah, 6-1 for Chetty. No real interest there. Um, I mentioned Dean Wade playing more minutes. He played 38. Not a high usage guy, but like, yeah, I guess he's playable. Ed Davis, um, again, if both those bigs are out again, he probably starts. But like, I don't know if he plays 24 minutes again because this is a small ball team. So maybe the minutes do go down a bit. Um, okay, let's move on to Washington, Miami. So Washington, we got news that Dinwiddie most likely will not play. Um, not expected to play. So monitor that one. Uh, he went from a 50 bomb to five fancy points tonight. Obviously, Beal coming back hurt him, but still five, five and 30 minutes for Dinwiddie. Whew. 
Um, so Brad Beal does get a definitely a little bit of a bump there without Dinwiddie. However, it's not like it's the best matchup here. It's Miami, one of the worst matchups ever. So uh, more of a contrarian option there for Beal. Don't have a ton of interest in Kuzma at that price point. Now, I'm curious to see who this starts. It's going to be most likely either Aaron Holiday or Roll Neto. Um, my guess is Aaron Holiday probably moves in the starting lineup. If he does start, yeah, he's viable for value. Both those guys would be in play. It would kind of come down to ownership. Like if Aaron Holiday starts and is going to get all that ownership tomorrow, I'll just go to Roll Neto. Um, so that one will kind of come down to who I think is going to be more popular. And then Gafford had a pretty big game tonight. I think he had like, yeah, almost 40 fancy points. I mean, he's productive. He does have that type of upside. But most of the time, he's in foul trouble. Um, so he's in play for tournaments. But yeah, I'm not super, super high on this Washington team. Moving on to Miami. So again, Bam and Lowry both missed. Bam because of injury. Lowry, I believe it was rest. Yeah. So Lowry should be back here. Um, but yeah, monitor the status of Bam. So with Lowry back, it kind of does muck things up a bit. Like, Jimmy at 9-5 doesn't look as good. I still think he's probably your safest spend-up on Miami, but definitely not going to look as good as he did tonight. Lowry and Hero, eh, both kind of secondary options at their respective price points. And if Bam and a bio misses, then I'm fine going back to Deadman. Like, he played, again, 25 minutes. was a little bit disappointing. I expected a little bit more from Deadman, but uh, assuming Bam can't go again, then I'm fine going right back to the well with Dwayne Deadman at only 4.1K. But not much else here for Miami. Like Robinson, Tucker, probably going to pass on their price points. All right, Clippers and Grizzlies. So at the top, we have Paul George, 11K. Do think he's a pretty safe play? Um, the price should go up $800, though. So it's not like you're getting him a discount. But like he's going to play 35-plus minutes. He's good. he's a guy that's probably going to close to double-digit rebounds. He's obviously going to handle the ball a decent amount, get some assists, and, and score the ball. So um, I think Paul George, if they have the salary, makes for a pretty safe play there at the top. Reggie versus Bledsoe. So I'll say Reggie probably has a more upside if he can hit his shots. He started really slow, uh, but had a, a big second half. So I think the upside's a little bit higher on Reggie Jackson. Uh, Bledsoe, 5.8K. The minutes have been ticking up in him, though. Like, he's been playing over 30 minutes, like, the last five games, the competitive games. Uh, but now we're getting that price. You know, the minutes have gone up, but now that price is getting to the point where he's about right. Like, I still think he's a decent option, but no longer a guy that I love. Um, Batum is doubtful. So that's actually pretty big. That he's a guy that like they play at the five if they go small ball. So like I don't think they're going to be able to go small. And then Terrence Mann is once again questionable too. So pretty significant there. Um, but yeah, I think Zubac probably plays more minutes. So he played 31 minutes last game. So without Batum, they don't really have that ability to go small. So I think Zubac probably plays around 30, which makes him a good play in my opinion at that price. A uh, Kennard, if there's no Terrence Mann, too, he probably plays big minutes, play 31 minutes. However, again, with, with Luke Kennard, he's pretty reliant on the scoring. Seven rebounds was, was more of an outlier. Um, so he's viable, but again, has to hit his shots. And Isaiah Hardenstein, you know, is going to play 15-plus minutes off the bench, will be productive. Um, I think he's a decent contrarian value option. I don't think Ibaka is back in the G League yet, so monitor that one. If he is back, then that takes away from Hardenstein. And you saw some minutes from Boston and Coffee. At base of the flat men price, a coffee played 25 minutes. Boston played uh, 20, but I don't know if I would want to go there on this six-game slate. I think there's just value I'd feel better about. All right, Memphis. So John Morant, 10K. I think a very safe spend-up. He had 44 fancy points in 25 minutes in a massive blowout. I mean, the usage is still there, even with Dylan Brooks in the lineup. Uh, he's a guy that's going for a triple-double almost every single night. Um, so I do like Ja a good amount here at 10K. Triple J is always a headache. Um, if you can stay out of foul trouble, he does have upside, but... Um, you guys know this is just very boomer bust. Like if he stays out of foul trouble, he probably goes for 30 plus fancy points. But there's a probably about a 50% chance he gets in severe foul trouble and burns you. 
Dylan Brooks at 6K, um, you know, probably plays around 30 minutes. Um, doesn't really stand out, but like he's a guy that at times can take over games, right? We've seen some pretty big Dylan Brooks games last year. Adams at 4-6. You know, I'm just not con- I'm not uh, confident with the minutes. You know, they can go small, a little bit smaller here, Triple J at the 5 possibly. So, like, just a sec. If I knew he was going to play 30 minutes, I would like him a lot. But, like, I'm not convinced he's going to get those minutes. And then, you know, guys like Slow-Mo, Bain, Melton, kind of secondary options now with Dylan Brooks back. All right, Spurs and Timberwolves. So we have DeJounte Murray at the top of 9-8. Again, I played him at very low ownership last night. He was a massive smash. Um, he's played super well this season. Stuff in the stat sheet. Almost a triple-double last game. Had a triple-double two games ago. Um, you know, the Timberwolves in the defensive end, they're not like the, the you know, an amazing matchup that they were last year, but they're still a decent spot. Um, so DeJounte Murray, I don't think he gets a ton of ownership because he's almost 10K, and, like, I don't think people are comfortable paying 10K for DeJounte Murray. But, hey, we've he's shown that he can go for 50-plus almost every single night. So, um, yeah, I'm still fine paying the price point for DeJounte. Calvin Johnson had a little bit of letdown game last game, but the minutes are pretty secure for him of, like, 30 to 35. Kind of a fine filler play for me. Dad Young, I think, is a, is a safe play, too. Should play 25-ish minutes off the bench. Will be productive when he's out there. So no real issue there. Like the Spurs, besides DeJounte Murray, they're all kind of secondary plays. Like White, Eubanks. If you want to roll the dice in one of these, like Vassell, McDermott, Lonnie Walker, you can. But they also have a low. Like, all three flashed the floor, actually, last game. You had seven fancy points for Vassell. I think you had, like, yeah, 15 for McDermott and, like, 11 for Lonnie's. Like, they all have a low floor. They, they do have ceilings, but, like, they have to hit their shots to get there. On the Minnesota side, so we have Carl Towns at the top of 10-5 without Yaka Pertle. Like, he should be able to have his way here against Eubanks and Thad Young. So I do like Cat a good amount there. Ant-Man versus D'Lo both look like decent options. Both are playing big minutes. Um, so I think both look pretty similar, similar to me. I don't have a super strong take on which one of those guys I do prefer. And then... Pat Beverly, 4-2, had a really big game tonight, went for 38 fancy points. I mean, he's just a guy that is going to play 30-plus minutes in a competitive game and a guy that can stuff a stat sheet. Now, the game tonight was probably a little bit of an outlier, but um, I still think he's a relatively safe value play. Beasley's always viable off the bench, and then if Vanderbilt starts again, he's also in play for saddle relief, but he is always, always in Like, him and McDaniels, I feel like, are just in foul trouble every single game. Like, they're always in massive foul trouble. All right, Philadelphia and Denver. So this is a little bit of a tricky one. There's some blowout risk here. Still no Embiid. We'll start Tobias Harris at 8.8K. It's a tough matchup, but if Philadelphia wants any chance to keep the game competitive, it's probably Tobias. Again, though, doesn't really stand out. Drummond, so he only played 12 minutes last game against a big Utah front court. They went small, um, but, like, I don't think they can go small here against Jokic. So if Drummond plays his 30-plus minutes, I think he's a pretty good tournament play. Am I convinced he gets those minutes? Not really. So, like... That one's a tricky one. But, like, again, I don't really think they can afford to go small ball against Nikola Jokic. So, Drummond, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole in cash games. But for GPPs, if he plays 30-plus minutes here at 8-2, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Maxie at 7-1, I mean, he's a, he'll play big minutes. But, like, the price is to a point now where he doesn't really stand out. And then there's still no Danny Green. So last game, Shake Milton started. If he starts again, I think he's a decent play in the mid-range. Played 35 minutes. I don't know if he plays 35 minutes again, but he would be someone that would be a, a solid option. Same with Korkmaz, right? Philadelphia runs a pretty tight rotation. He played 34 minutes. So those two probably get uh, the biggest bump without Danny Green. And there's not much else here for Philly. All right, on the, Den- on the Denver side, so Barton, doubtful. Don't expect him to play. 
We'll start with Nikola Jokic. Well, if the 76ers can keep the game competitive, we can probably see a massive game from Jokic at 12K. It is a lot, but he, this guy just has a super high floor, high ceiling. So really, really like Jokic there at the top. Um, the rest of Denver, Aaron Gordon at 5'3". It's just like a filler play for me. Monte Morris has, has had to do a little more usage now without Barton. Um, I think he's actually a pretty solid value at only 4'7". Played 37 minutes last game. That is really good to see. I mean, Jeff Green's low usage, like... I don't know if I get to anyone else. I'll mention Bones Highland. He got injured, went back to the locker room, so only put 11 minutes. I think he goes back to his normal 20-ish minutes off the bench. So he's viable for tournaments. I think the last game will lower the ownership on him. They started Austin Rivers last game. If he starts again, then yeah, you can play Austin Rivers, but just be ready to be disappointed if you play him. That's, that's all I'll say. Um, so that's probably it. Like again, like can you play Jeff Green at 3-8? Sure. Same thing about Austin Rivers. Like be ready to be disappointed. He'll play minutes, but like, just low, low usage. And the final game is Toronto and Utah. So um, news to keep an eye on. We have OG and Anubi questionable, as well as two bigs in Achua and Boucher. So starting with the two guys at the top, Van Fleet and, and Siakam. Again, tough matchup here, but um, these guys should play big minutes. I think they're viable contrarian spend-ups because um, they still can have upside and the ownership should be pretty low in them. Scotty Barnes, if there's no OG, then I think you can make the argument for him. If OG's in, I'm probably going to stay away. Gary Trent Jr. was playing massive minutes, but again, he has to hit his shots to get there. So um, if you want to play him and, and hope he, he gets hot behind the three-point line, that's that's totally fine. And then if OG and Anubi gets ruled out, I'm curious to like who they end up starting. My guess is like Svi Mikhailuk moves in the starting lineup. That I, I would guess that's what they do. If he does, then he's potential value at only 3.1K. Um and I don't think I get to anyone else. Like again, Achua, Boucher, both questionable, but probably not gonna get to either. All right, and finally, Utah. So Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, only played 22 minutes. The game was a massive blowout. If this game can stay competitive, I think he's a pretty safe option. Like he's playing big, big minutes, handling the ball a decent amount. So no issue going to almost 9K Mitchell. Go Barrett 8K against a smaller ball Toronto team. I think makes her a pretty safe play. He should be able to. Uh, you know, feast on the glass. So I hate playing Gobert, but I think he looks pretty good today or tomorrow. And the rest of Utah are all secondary plays. Conley, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, O'Neal, Ingles. No one really stands out. Whiteside's always going to play for tournaments. He'll play 15 to 17 minutes on the bench to be productive. But yeah, Utah is always a boring team to talk about for DFS. So that's going to do it for the video, guys. Um, if you have been enjoying the content, again, make sure to hit that like button. It really does help me out. Subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thanks again, guys. Have a great night, and I will see you tomorrow on the live stream.